Welcome to the St. Joseph Radio Presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world, where Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. Hello and welcome to another edition of St. Joseph Radio Presents. Uh, I'm your host today. My name is Ray Gerard, and with me in the studio, we have two uh, seminarians uh, from right here in St. Louis. And uh, so we have Logan Hep. Logan, welcome to the program. Good to be here. And Curtis Prize. Hi, Curtis. Hi, thanks for having us. Uh, so before we do anything else, uh, to get things started, as we usually do, we will uh, ask the good Lord for guidance and help. And we have, luckily we have two people who can help us with that today, but uh, Logan's been good enough to volunteer for that. So Logan, if you could just lead us in a little prayer. Yeah, in the name of the Father and the Son, Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Come Holy Spirit and teach us how to pray. Jesus. We thank you for this opportunity to share our stories, to share what you've done in our lives. Anoint our words, open hearts to receive. We ask for your protection during this time from any technological difficulties. We ask that you bless this time and all those who will hear this radio segment. Mother Mary, we place all of these things in your hands as we pray together. Hail Mary, full, full of grace, grace, the Lord, Lord is with, with thee. thee. Blessed art thou among women, women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and Son, and Son Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. Thank you, mm -hmm. Logan. Now, um, if you guys were paying attention and listening to the program introduction, you heard, you know, uh, you heard Matt. Uh, tell us, or tell our listening audience, that we're very good at getting eloquent speakers. And we promise our audience that they're going to have elo eloquent speakers every week. So you oh, guys, boy. yeah, you're going to have to be, if you're not eloquent, sorry, you know, whenever, you know, you know that's your last time here. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, so we're glad, we're very glad that uh, that you did agree to, to show up here. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, a lot of people... You know, they, they, they'll go to a Sunday Mass. You know, they, they see their parish priest all the time. And they don't really, you know, they're like a, like a figure, you know, but mm -hmm. they kind of forget maybe they're like they're real people. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so it's always, I think, interesting and, and helpful uh, for, you know, the, the laity to hear, you know, what is it that has, you know, grabbed you in such a way that you want to devote your life uh, to the Lord. I, um, you know, I, I myself um, am just always, you know, thankful just for the image that priests present. You know, I mean, you know, people know that, you know, hey, you've devoted your life uh, to, 
to the highest, you know, purpose. So it's always great. So we're, we're glad that, uh, that you're here and maybe you can share with us a little bit about yourself. So who wants to go first and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? I can. Oh, Curtis. <laughs> All right. So, Curtis, what kind, of, what kind of a family did you come from? What was it like growing up? Sure, yeah. So, I am one of 11 kids. Uh, we were... Cradle, Big Catholic family. Yeah, cradle Catholic family. Grew up in O'Fallon, Missouri. And uh, prayer was just always part of our life. It was a hectic family, but we always made time to go to Mass every day, and definitely on Sundays, and then we pray the rosary every day as well. And Your family went to Mass daily? Yes. As a family? Yes. Wow. And then we would go to adoration once a week on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, and if you didn't want to do it? It didn't matter. <laughs> you're, you're going. <laughs> um, but at the same time, Tuesday evening was the Mass that wasn't, that was optional if you wanted to go. So it was a kind of a chance for us to really uh, choose to be mm. faithful in our faith and not just have to do it. So that was uh, that's kind of the setting of how I grew up like that, and yeah, I don't know. It's just we faith was the center of our um, of our lives, more or less. I think that's the best way to put it. And my brother entered when I was entered the seminary when I was only nine. Is that right? Yeah. So that that was when I first knew about the seminary, and since he got a lot of attention for it, immediately I thought, <laughs> well, I, I'm going to do this. Wait a second. <laughs> but over time, it just it slowly purified, God purified that, and um, I, the desire just grew in me deeper and deeper that I want, I wanted to give myself, I wanted to serve, I want to serve the people who really need God in their lives, and uh, yeah, when I was 13, he left the seminary, and that was a big moment for me to decide, am I doing this because I want to follow my brother, or do I want to do this because I want to serve God yeah. and his people? And I decided, yeah, I think I want to do this because this, this is what I feel called to. So, I mean, so you, you, you're nine and your brother enters the seminary. And I guess after that you're thinking about it. By 13, you're already kind of thinking pretty defi- you know, definitely about, about going yourself. I mean, it sounds like at 13 you were pretty far sure. along and you're thinking on this. I would say actually when I was nine, I was pretty sure I went to be a priest. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> I mean, it, it just clicked right away. And I thought, I didn't really know what it was, but I served every day at mass and I just was very familiar with it. And I always was inspired by that. And I'd visit my brother at the seminary and always really enjoyed being there. And my brothers and I would start playing mass all the time. It was one of our favorite <laughs> things to do. And we got the whole family involved. You know, the, the, my sisters would be in the choir. And oh my gosh. we would have con celebrants and servers. And it was just a great, uh, great time. And it really in, got that part of my life. Like it was a real possibility. And I, I never really wanted anything else um, mm. since then. So did, did you practice doing confessions to each other, too? No. <laughs> we only did mass. Only did mass. Okay, well, there you go. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, look, what, uh, what was it like growing up? Where did you grow up? So I grew up in Kansas City and Omaha. Okay. Um, yeah, so my family, I grew up Catholic, um, and we would pray the rosary um, on long car drives, uh, usually up to Minnesota to visit my grandparents. Um and then we would pray before meals, and we went to Mass every Sunday. But um, So you didn't go to Mass, like, every day? No, you didn't, no uh, daily Mass. You didn't play, no, you didn't play Mass? No you playing didn't? Mass, no, <laughs> nothing like that. 
Well, you're just a slacker. Yeah, I know. That's, that's what I feel like right now. I only had three siblings, not not ten. So. Yeah, it but was it, it was good. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. Oh, great. And uh, so, if I was going to ask you, like, when you started thinking about the seminary? Yeah, my uh, my journey was a bit different than than Curtis's. Um, I think the first time I thought about like know, giving my life to God uh, was after I watched my brother um, or heard my brother try to convert someone on our front porch. <laughs> it might have been the Jehovah's Witnesses or something. Um, I think he was either in late high school, early college, something like that. So I was still pretty young, like uh, seven or eight. Um, was he any good at it? Uh, I don't know if they converted, <laughs> but he was passionate. Um, and it just, I always really looked up to him. So like that was something I was like, oh. So I remember thinking like, oh, maybe I could be a hobo who rides the trains <laughs> and uh, spreads the gospel. That sounds like um, a calling. Yeah, yeah. It's certainly a calling for someone, I maybe. <laughs> um, I think that became a backup plan to, uh, to me. Um, but that was, yeah, that was the first time that there was, like, some inkling. Um, so I was pretty young at that point, but um, nothing really came of that. Um, and, yeah, so it wasn't until I was in college, really, that I started thinking about it. Um, so, Curtis, um, when did you, like, tell your folks that you were thinking this way? Yeah, I think I told my mom, like, offhand it, like, oh, I think I'm thinking about the priesthood, you know, and it's somewhere around nine. And somehow she just didn't forget about that. And I went, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to tell her again for a couple of years. And she's like, oh, yeah, though she would bring it up. That's how it oh. went. She would bring it up. You know, are you still thinking about that? And, and yeah, so she always remembered that. And I think my dad always remembered it, too. Hmm. Um, but it was only, like, senior year of high school is when I really seriously got start making some real calls and that's when I tell mm-hmm. them they kind of walked with me through it and um, did you reach out to anybody for advice did you talk to people you know talk yeah like, yeah yeah my uh, home parish St. Theodore I talked to our pastor there at the time it was Father Gerber and he was very good at just talking me through the fears I had because I really wanted to do it but at the same time I had a lot of fear and a lot of hesitation. And he just talked me through it slowly and mm. encouraged me on. So he was a really good inspiration. So where are you now in the in the process? I mean, how, you know, what year are you in? Yeah, I'm uh, theology one, so it's the first year of the graduate. So I finished four years of college studying philosophy and kind of laying the groundwork. And now I can study the full, uh, theology really about God and his church. So I'm in the first year of that. And and you, Logan? I'm in my second year of theological Fact, studies. Of theology, yeah. okay. Yeah. And just so people understand, so how much, how many years do you have left? What's left in the program? Uh, I've got two or three, mm-hmm. um, depending on pastoral internship or not. Um, but right. two more years of classes for sure. Right. And yeah. so you have like one more than that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> four. four. Okay. Um, all right. Well, now he's he's a little bit of a slacker because he's behind you. Well. I mean, he's younger than me, so. <laughs> <laughs> he has way more experience than me. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you out a little bit. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, okay, so uh, so you started, so, so Logan, you started thinking about it in, in college. Yeah, so that was quite a journey, honestly. Um, yeah, when, when I was in high school, um, I started kind of just, you know, teenage rebellion, but it was more of an interior rebellion rather than an exterior. Um, I never really got in trouble or anything like that in high school, but um, I was just starting to slide in the faith. I was starting to question 
I was having doubts, but I wasn't seeking answers. I was just letting it kind of fester. Um, and so then when I got to college, you know, I was independent. I no longer had uh, mom and dad uh, taking me to church. Sure, sure. Um, so it, it had to be my decision. And uh, that's when it, it really started to accelerate. Um, just some bad habits really taking hold of my life. and um, But some focused missionaries, so Fellowship of Catholic University students, uh, they work on college campuses. Uh, they reached out to me, and they got me in a Bible study, so I was still how connected. That, how, how did that work? I mean, did they... <laughs> So that was actually my mom's doing. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. So on most like, so I went to a public university, University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Most public universities and probably most private universities have like free stuff Saturday. Like the Saturday before syllabus week, like all of the student organizations like come together in one space and like you just walk around and get free stuff and they try to sell you uh, their group and like get you to join. Well, of course, the Catholic Newman Center is going to have a group, and they're going to have tons of people out walking around, starting conversations. Well, my mom, she found them, and she's like, Logan, don't you want to be on Bible study? And I was like, uh, yeah, totally, Mom. Um, so they had all of my information, uh, but ironically, I just fell through the cracks. So for, like, almost the entire first semester, uh, I never got contacted by them, um, and my mom ended up calling Did the really? team director. Did she really? <laughs> yes. She called the team director of the focus team there. Was your mom talking maybe to Curtis? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I have no idea. I'll ask um, her. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm super grateful that she did that. Um, she just asked him, why, isn't, why hasn't he been contacted to be in a Bible study? Um, and they were like, oh, well, maybe we don't have his information. They looked it up. They're like, oh. We do. Uh, we're really sorry about that. Um, but that was the that was the beginning, um, really, because uh, that that team director, his name's Jim Jansen, and he now works for the Archdiocese of Omaha, who I study oh. for. So it's oh, awesome that we get to work together again. Um, he ended up leaving a book uh, at my dorm room that I read. It was called "Made for More" by Curtis Martin, and. I read it in one sitting because uh, it just, like, captivated me. And it really convinced me that I couldn't just step away from the faith without giving it a chance. Um, and that was huge. Um, it didn't really, like, change the way I was living necessarily, uh, but it got me into a Bible study, and I was seeking the answers uh, that I needed. Um, so about halfway through college, um, that's when I went to this focus conference. Again, focus involved. <laughs> uh, it was called SEEK. It was just here in St. Louis uh, okay. this past January, um, and it'll be in St. Louis again next January. Um, but this was 2013, and it was in Orlando, and uh, I, I went, and the talks there spoke to me. Um, they touched wounds that I didn't mm. know I had. Uh, they opened my eyes to the life of sin that I was leading. Uh, and I was just deeply convicted. I was like, something's got to change. Well, um, yeah. so uh, if I can just uh, break in here for a oh, second. Yeah. So this is uh, St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, which we humbly proclaim and, uh, and, and regard as the Rome of the West. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I, I guess we're living up to that. I mean, we've, we've got these focus conferences here. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, there you pretty go. good. There you go. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, I just wanted to let uh, let the folks know we have there are a couple of events uh, that are coming up. Uh, one is coming up on uh, February 11th. 
Uh, this will be next weekend. It is called Do This in Remembrance of Me. It's a Eucharistic event, and it's at Immaculate Conception Church in Darden. Uh, so uh, if you want some more information, you could uh, call us here at St. Joseph Radio, 314-447-6000, 314-447-6000. Uh, number of uh, speakers, all uh, devoted to uh, talks on the Eucharist. Uh, so anyways, uh, please uh, join us for that. Also, uh, another uh, event devoted to the Eucharist called Eucharist uh, Hidden Manna. It is a presentation by Dr. Kenneth Howell. And uh, this is going to be at Immaculate Heart of Mary Parish in New Melly. And this is uh, the next day. This is February 12th. Uh, so again, if you want more information, you can uh, call us here. Uh, you can obviously contact uh, the Immaculate Heart of Mary Parish as well. And then lastly, and certainly not least, um, do you know somebody, uh, just a, a, some man in your parish that is, uh, you know, serving the parish, serving the community in a bunch of ways? Is he? Do you think of him as a good Catholic? Is it some, somebody that people look up to? Um, does he ever get recognition or does he just kind of like go unappreciated and just fly under the radar all the time but continues to do, you know, good work anyway? Well, if so, there's an event uh, that we have just for you. It's called the Catholic Man of the Year. And it is something that is uh, put on, sponsored by, uh, by us here at St. Joseph Radio. So uh, you can get information about that if you want to nominate somebody. Uh, you can go online, manofyearstl at stjosephradio.net, manofyearstl at stjosephradio.net. Or again, just please, you, you can call us uh, here at uh, St. Joseph Radio, 314-447-6000. So there we go. All the announcements, all the news that's fit to print, so to speak, um, or fit to announce. All the news that's fit to announce. There you go. Anyways, um, so you were telling us that you were down in Orlando, and right. instead of going to you know Disney World, you're hanging out with, <laughs> with a bunch of people at a focus event. Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was incredible. Um, the the night that really changed everything was every every seek. One of the nights is devoted to adoration. Um, and I don't think in, like, I went to public school, so I really had no experience of adoration as far as I could remember. Um, and it was, it was incredible, um, because there were 6,000 of us at that conference at that time. And, uh, they had adoration in one ballroom and in another ballroom, they had confession going on. And at that point, I probably hadn't been to confession. It was, it had been at least six years, mm -hmm. um, maybe sure. even more. I don't, I don't remember right. exactly. Um, but I knew I needed to go, so I went, and it was incredibly freeing. The priest was just so merciful um, and welcoming, and I felt a real weight lifted off of me sure. at absolution. And my penance was simply to go back into adoration and, and thank Jesus for forgiving me. I was like, whoa, <laughs> I, I did not expect such a merciful penance for uh, that boatload of sin. <laughs> um it was beautiful. I went, I went back into adoration, and um, Jesus just poured it out on me, all of his love. Um, and it was incredibly personal. Like, it was very clear. Like, I had always known, like, yeah, God loves, God loves me because he loves everybody. Um, but it became particular in that moment. And uh, in that moment, Jesus showed me all of the no's I had been saying, uh, all back to this one moment when I was 15, <laughs> Um, really? Yeah, it all it, it all stemmed from.
from this like one moment in mass, in fact, when I was 15, um, I like heard my name in mass. And I looked around thinking it was my dad, who was the sacristan that, that day. Um, but he wasn't there. And I just like immediately knew, I was like, oh, oh, that was God. Like, you said my name. Uh, no, <laughs> this is my life. You can't have it. And so like seeing that chain of events, I was just like, all right. Uh, that led me to Orlando. <laughs> so you had an experience at, at Mass. Yeah. It's at Mass. Yeah. And you audibly, when you thought, yeah. you audibly heard your name. Yeah. Um, and you understood it as if they were, you know, there was some calling to you because, <laughs> you, what, you, you rather instantly said no? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it was just like, it was immediate. I knew, yeah, I just knew I was like, this is God, and he wants me. I said, no, no. way. <laughs> and, but, but he didn't forget, did he? No, God doesn't forget. <laughs> I forgot about that moment until until, yeah, until adoration. Five years later or whatever at adoration. And he know? showed you all these no's. Mm-hmm. And so what did you feel at that point? I was just like, it has to be yes. Uh, like my life, yeah, all of those no's, like me trying to be happy on my own without you, God, like... I'm, I'm sobbing on the floor in a conference center in Orlando. Um, like, clearly, I'm not happy. Uh, so I was like, it has to be yes. Like, anything would be better than this. Um, and it was just so freeing and so peaceful. Um, and again, it was, it was the experience of that love that really, like, allowed that to happen. And so I, so I said, yeah, yeah. So ahead. he's showing you all these no's. Yeah. But you had a feeling of love connected with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you just had that sense or? Yeah. It was just like, I don't know. It's hard to describe exactly, but it was just like, it was so clear. Like, there was no condemnation because I had just been in the confessional. Like, I had not been condemned. I'd been forgiven. But Jesus just like, out of that love, wanted to show me like, hey, this is how this happened. Uh, I don't want you to be in the dark about how you ended up here. Um, and it was by rejecting me. And she's like, yeah, I don't want to do that <laughs> anymore. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah. Um, so that that's really what prompted this radical shift, like 180-degree turn. Like, everything started to change. Just I started bang. praying. Just, just yeah. bang. Yeah. Just bang. Yeah. Now, like, so the, the will turned, obviously. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lifestyle had to turns a bit slower, you know, right, like right, it right. takes time to like shift your whole life. Uh, but obviously this was a pivotal moment. Oh, yeah. 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 This was this was the beginning of it all. Um, yeah. Now, did you tell anybody else at the conference about this? I told. Yeah. So the missionary that I worked with closest, his name's Logan Berta. Incredible man. We share names and middle names. So that was <laughs> awesome. Well, it's, it's an OK. It's an OK name. <laughs> but yeah, he uh, he and I talked. Um, about it afterwards, and yeah, I just shared with him. I was like, like, yeah, you didn't really know about my life before this conference, um, and I want to change. And so we just, yeah, we set we set out a plan essentially to just like live out this conversion, um, praying every day, going to mass every Sunday, and at least once extra during the week, um, Bible study, like all all of these things. To just yeah, continue to stay with <laughs> Jesus. Because again, you you know, if you didn't, 
you know, then you could start sliding again. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Yeah. He was, he was an incredible, incredible collaborator <laughs> in a sense. You know, these people that, uh, you know, volunteer the time for focus, you said 6,000 people at this conference. Mm-hmm. I mean, my goodness, you know, the, you know, the, I mean, the work that they do, the, the changes that they, you know, because we got so many people nowadays, you know, young people that are so confused about so many things and, you know, to help people, you know, see, you know, the things that really count. I just, yeah, I mean, uh, um, you know, anybody listening, if you have a chance to, you know, support, to, you know, to support that, that ministry, I mean, please do. Um, but anyways, um, well, that's, uh, that's, that was, you know, very dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then so slowly, you said it, it took some time, but you kept mm-hmm. with it. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I became a focused missionary. Did you? Um, yeah. So in 2014, I started um, as a missionary, and I was in Murray, Kentucky, Southwest Kentucky, Murray State University. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a really, it was really um, pivotal as well to like have that experience of um, praying every day in the midst of ministry, being surrounded with uh, people who were pursuing the same thing. Um, yeah, that really started to inform uh, my heart and my heart's desires. Um, yeah. It speaks to the value of community, right? Right. That's, that's, a, that's a word we hear. And, of course, with the whole COVID phenomenon, a lot of people took to watching Mass mm-hmm. on TV. But it's not like it's not like going to Mass. And number one, of course, there's the Eucharist. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, just a little thing like that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just being around other people mm. of a like mind, people mm-hmm. who have, you know, faith. I mean, that, that can always be powerful. Yeah. Um, and so then you decided to then try to give back and, and be a focused missionary yourself. Well, that's yep. okay. Well, that's uh, that's a beautiful thing because a lot of times that can even strengthen your own sort mm-hmm. of resolve. Oh yeah, just by giving. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, but Curtis, I'm sorry. No, that was just you. Just you just have it much more. I don't know. Yours is just much more plain. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. That's the word. Say, that's still beautiful. I don't, I, you know, don't want to say boring, but you know it's plain. <laughs> But anyways, no, that, that, that's, that's terrific. Um, all right. So um, um, so then you, uh, what happened? Oh, oh, actually, we've got a break coming up. Cool. Uh, and that's our little clue that we've got a break coming up. <laughs> um, all right. Well, this is uh, St. Joseph Radio Presents. My name is Ray Gerard. Uh, this is coming to you live live today from uh, St. Louis, Missouri, uh, the Rome of the West. We have a couple of uh, guests with us today. Uh, they're both uh, seminarians. Uh, talking to us about uh, their life, their calling, why they entered the seminary. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about what seminary life is like and, uh, you know, what's been going on with these uh, gentlemen uh, since they first made their decisions to join the seminary. And we hope you join us uh, after this break. Uh, and we'll try, to, we'll try to teach these guys to be even more eloquent. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
with St. Joseph Radio with a great gift idea, a St. Benedict bracelet, a trendy accessory for men, women, and children that not only looks good on everyone's wrist, but is actually armor for the spiritual battlefield. This unique bracelet is handmade in Europe and contains 10 medals within the braided cord in the adult size and seven medals in the children's size. On the front of each beautiful medal is St. Benedict holding a cross in his right hand, the object of his devotion. On the back of each medal is a cross. Surrounding the back of the medal and cross are the letters VRSN. M-V-S-M-Q-L-I-V-B in Latin reference which translates Be gone, Satan. Never tempt me with your vanities. What you offer me is evil. Drink the poison yourself. And finally located at the top is the word Pax which means peace. All bracelets come packaged with an informational card and the St. Benedict blessing which your local priest can administer. This gift is for everyone you love and care about, including yourself. Available from St. Joseph Radio. Check the website at www.saintjosephradio.net St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the pro-life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and this Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. And we are back. St. Joseph Radio presents, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, uh, this particular Saturday. And with us on this particular Saturday, we have a couple of uh, guests, not one, but two guests today. So, you you know, you're doubly lucky. Um, on, my, uh, on my left is Curtis Prize, and to my right, Logan Hepp. They are both in the seminary, hoping that, you know, they don't get kicked out. Uh, <laughs> Definitely that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> but anyways, uh, studying uh, for the priesthood, um, so uh, we're very we're very lucky to have them. So, guys, thanks uh, thanks again uh, for being here. Um, okay, so um, Curtis, so you you know you you went through the four years. Um, uh, you when you entered and did your four year degree, and, and now you just continue with your theological study. So it's kind of like a seamless kind of a process. What's uh, you know what's so you're in your first year of theological studies. What's that been like? Is it what you expected? Is it a little different? I mean, was seminary was the seminary life a little hard to get used to, or, or what's it like? Yeah, um, it was kind of. It was both. It's a both and. I really it was what I expected it to be, but at the same time, it was not at all. So I'll explain a little bit. The first year was really hard. Something I didn't really explain was that I was homeschooled my life so that <laughs> we really didn't have a lot. I wasn't used to the social life of living with 120 guys. And so that really caused a lot of adjustment to happen. But um, it was really beautiful. And I look back on it as a really beautiful year adjusting and all of that because I can see God at every moment and it was totally not me who got me through the year because I, I mean, after day four, I was like, I, I can't do this. You want to go home? <laughs> yeah. And every day it was God who kept me there and gave me the strength to get through the day. And so 
it's really a beautiful thing. And the, the last five years have been incredible at the seminary because they, I've, I've just, it's just changed my whole life, the way I pray and the way I live, because we prayed a lot as a family. But the thing that the seminary has really taught me is that God is a person and he knows me and he wants me to know him intimately. And in the past, my whole college has really been a school of love, I would say, and just really learning who God is. And more than that, just learning that God loves me isn't—it's just—it just changes everything. Uh, you know what? That was eloquent. <laughs> no, that was that was that was, that was very beautiful. Um, yeah. Okay. So he's he's one up on you again. Oh yeah, uh, Logan. I mean, you know, it's, it's so. But anyways. <laughs> but anyways. Um, and uh, and so what about what about you, Logan? What's what's the seminary been like? You know, for you. I mean, was it what you expected? Was it different? Um, I had no idea what to expect (laughs) going into the seminary. Um, I had never visited prior. I had never known anybody who was a seminarian or who had thought about being a priest. Um, so I showed up day one and was just like, I guess, I guess here I am. I, I, I had no expectations. Um, so in that sense, I wasn't disappointed by anything. (laughs) So that was, that was nice. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, it was. I think it was a surprise uh, how how intense it is um, in a good way. Um, like the formation staff, so like the priests who are in charge of like helping us, mentoring us, collaborating with us. Um, they take it very seriously, um, and they love being priests. Um, that was that was awesome. Um, I, I I just I don't know. Like I've had, thankfully, like very good experiences with priests in my life leading up to it. But um, these men were exceptional. It felt like, um, and they really set a standard that I want to live up to. Not to say that they're the bar because Jesus is the bar. But like, it was just like, whoa! If I can be if I can be like them, like I know I'm on my way. Um, so that was that was really incredible, um, and yeah, they they did everything they could, um, and have been doing everything they can uh, to assist me and the other guys in the seminary to to be authentically uh, ourselves. Now, would you have like times uh, weekly or whatever, like a regular kind of a time when you would you know meet with you know some of these people you know providing the guidance? Or was it mostly like, hey, you know, just come talk to me, you know, whenever you feel the need? What was, uh, you know, yeah. what's, what's, what's that like? Yeah, so, like, every seminarian has uh, a formation advisor, um, and they meet at least monthly with that advisor. But all of the priests have an open-door policy, which I think is just incredible. Like, if their door is open, like, you can talk to them. They are always open to, to sit down, to take time away from whatever they needed to do and, and to, to speak to us because are, we are their first priority. Um, yeah, just really, really incredible. So that formation advising meeting every month, really critical. Um, and then we have spiritual direction as well every other week, like super important. And then what I loved and was not expecting 
even though I had no expectations, this really surprised me. Uh, so many of our priests eat meals with us. So like oh, they, do. they come into the dining hall and like they'll have breakfast with us. They'll have lunch. They'll have dinner. Even though they have their own like eating area where they could eat, like they come and they sit with the men and they talk with them and they share with them. And they ask them how they're doing. Like, yeah, they just share their life with us. It just feels very much like St. Paul <laughs> who like yeah. says like, you were so dear to me that I wanted to share not just the gospel, but my very self. Like First Thessalonians, like, yeah, I just loved, loved that. Um, a real sense of brotherhood then. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you know, it sounds like they're being, they're being humbled, a little mm-hmm. like example and humility. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's, um, and so, you know, I mean, how would you describe, and, and, you know, I don't know if, you know, what you might or might not want to say about this, but your own relationship with God now, you know, being around all these, these other, these men who have the same kind of purpose in mind and, you know, the, the prayer life that you have and so forth. I mean, has, has the seminary, you know, changed, changed that, your impressions, your feelings, you know, towards God and your own faith? Certainly. Um, yeah, I think a lot of times just because of life, we, um, we end up with these, these misperceptions about who God is. Um, and I know that for a while I, I viewed him as my boss. It's like, okay, I gotta, gotta give my status report to, to God today. And um, yeah, I just, I just really missed like his fatherly love. Um, and the seminary really kind of cracked that open, um, exposed just like these different ways that I wasn't seeing God as he, as he is, um, but was instead like projecting onto him like, like whatever I thought he should be. Like, oh yeah, he's my coach. Uh, he's just here to coach me. Uh, a big moment came, I did a program called IPF, the Institute for Priestly Formation um, in Omaha and Creighton's campus. And uh, I had an eight day silent retreat and my spiritual director told me, he's like, Logan, uh, God isn't trying to make you perfect so that you don't need him anymore. Mm. And that was just a big moment that like, yeah, it just really helped me to realize like, I'm always supposed to be dependent on God. Sure, sure. Um, well, that's, <laughs> that sounds like another, yeah. Okay, I was kidding you guys when we started this program about being eloquent, but, that, but you, you're throwing out, you guys are throwing out some gems, I thought. <laughs> Um, and I, I guess that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Right? I mean, God just doesn't want you to th- think that you're loved and then just have you go your way. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wants to, what, show you that, you know, show you more and more. He loves you more. I mean, the closer you get, you know, the more he wants to show you he loves you. I mean, mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, I don't know that I've thought about it, you know, that way either. <laughs> um, that is, that is amazing. Um, so Curtis, what about you know people uh, you know giving you advice, counseling? What's what's that been like? You know, in your case? Yeah, absolutely. It's been it's been great. A lot of what Logan shared. It's um, it's really. I think the one thing that stands out with my formation advisor is he was such a father hmm. to us, to me, and like he really, he really cared. Like he he would laugh with us. He would cry with us. Hmm. He would walk through the things and like to see a grown man <laughs> crying at your pain 
is really beautiful and it's very fatherly and uh it just it just really helped me it kind of paved the way like this is how to do this you know they le- they led by example and uh that was really big for me i think yeah they um they give a lot did you ever get the sense that uh you know there are you know moments when they might you know need some encouragement or some help did you ever find any opportunities for doing that sort of thing yeah they definitely um don't ask us for that which i think is really good they they have their own lounge where they do whatever they do over there, you know, like talk and, you know, but they, 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 they never talk about you. I'm sure. Oh, never, yeah. <laughs> never. but they, they really support each other. Their brotherhood mm-hmm. as, as a formation team is really strong. And so that, that's where they get their strength. And above all is prayer. They get their strength from the holy hours that they make with us. Mm-hmm. We make a holy hour every day and that's really where they get their strength and their love to go help us more. And so the holy hours, is those just like, I mean, is it, a, is it a prescribed time or is it just, you know, people can come when they want or? Yeah, it's, uh, we generally, it's six o'clock in the morning. We make a holy hour. Um, most days, certain days we'll do it on, you know, in the afternoon or the evening just to kind of like make sure we know how to pray at all times of the day. <laughs> and, but yeah, we all gather for six o'clock, seven o'clock, we'll do morning prayer in common. And then right after that, it's Mass, and all the formators usually are there with us, and they're right along teaching us how to pray. You know, It's about 30 minutes at least of mental prayer, praying with the Scriptures, and just letting, that, letting the living Word really penetrate us mm-hmm. and encounter God in that. And then um, some people do it the whole hour, yeah. uh, which is beautiful, but that can be a lot sometimes. <laughs> so you might read a little bit, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. So. Yeah, um, and the word does have so much to speak to people, right? Yeah. I mean, I imagine. Um, I mean, I know you know personally myself. You know that. There, are, it's funny. There are times when you're reading a passage, and then there are other times when, you know, you're reading a passage, and and something like just jumps off the page at you, mm-hmm. and there's a whole level, a layer of of feeling that can, comes with it that just isn't there normally. Mm-hmm. And of course, when you do that in the presence. You know, when you do that in his presence, mm-hmm. uh, that can happen. So, yeah, I, in every chance I get, I try to, you know, tell people, uh, at least, you know, what I found personally to be, you know, the real benefits of, you know, spending time in adoration. Because, as we all know, I mean, he's really there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, as you say, Logan, if he wants to show you how he loves, my goodness, yeah. Um, or if he wants to just, you know, to hey, you know, where you been for the last, you know, six, seven years? I called you before, mm-hmm. and you told me no. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyways, um, uh, okay, so um, so uh, what about, you know, uh, the other guys uh, that are that are in the, in the seminary? Um, you guys draw maybe some strength, you know, from other folks? Are there sometimes... Problems that arise? No, never. <laughs> a house full of guys where there's never any tension. <laughs> I, I didn't think so, but I, I thought I would ask. <laughs> no, it's it's really good. We have, um, I think every guy is involved in what's called a Yezu Caritas in the theology program. And the college has the house for, like, houses of um, 
yeah, Curtis could talk more about that because yeah. he went through the college. But um, yeah, the Yezu Caritas groups. Um, so Yezu Caritas just means love of Jesus. Um, these groups are like it's like three to five guys, and they get together every Thursday, um, and they they just kind of be vulnerable with each other. Uh, it's an opportunity to to really open up to other guys who are going through the same things. Because it's one thing to like talk to your formation advisor, or your spiritual director, or a counselor, but it's another thing to get to share with your peers and to be strengthened by their same experiences and how they've been coping, how they've been thriving, like, and to also see the ways like where they're like, actually, I'm really struggling with that too. Um, yeah, it, it really does give you a lot of strength because uh, it's a place where you you know that you are safe and that you're going to be affirmed. Uh, the guys in there want you to succeed. They're not there to like compare themselves to you or to compete with you. Uh, yeah, so our our fraternity groups, those Yezu Caritas groups, uh, they've been a great blessing for me during my time at the seminary. And uh, how about you, Curtis? Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I would agree. I, everything Logan just said as well. And But besides that, like, structured time, the sharing, just stopping by one of like, mm-hmm. some really, really good men there to walk with you. You can just stop by their room, and they will talk to you and walk. Some of the deepest conversations I have had <laughs> are not at all planned. Yeah. And they just happen to be talking, hanging out, and then we start going really deep about something that really is on our hearts and... It's really a beautiful thing to have them there with that. And, you know, I think there's, there are degrees of fervor in the building. You know, right. it's not, we're not all like on the same level, I would say. But I think that's where, where like I have a role to encourage them, mm-hmm. but also to like admire them. So it's a give yeah. and take. We help each other out grow, you know. Um, yeah, this this speaks to the, the benefits of like small group formation. Yep. Right, and you don't have to be in the seminary to you know uh, enjoy the benefits of that. I mean, I know myself. We have a group every Thursday morning. We get together. We meet. Uh, my daughter makes fun of us. Calls us the Bible boys. Um, <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> but uh, you know, but what you're saying, I mean, it, it's true. Mm-hmm. Everybody feels you know supported there. <clears throat> uh, you you know. Uh, you, you talk about matters of faith, you talk about your family, you talk about whatever. And uh, it just, yeah, it helps you, it helps you, you know, get through things yeah. and just, just, just feels like, hey, you're not alone with right. this sort of thing. Right. So um, this is uh, St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri. <clears throat> this is coming to you live. So if we mess up, well, sorry about that, but there's nothing we can do about it. Um, but uh, so... Uh, uh, we have uh, in, in studio with us today uh, Logan Hepp and Curtis Price. They're both uh, seminarians here in, in St. Louis, and they're talking about their calling, their experience, and so forth. Uh, they're also talking to us about the benefits of Eucharistic adoration. And if you want to learn more about uh, the Eucharist, uh, this uh, coming Saturday, February 11th, I think it's Saturday, but it's February 11th, uh, the program Do This in Remembrance of Me at Immaculate Conception in Darden. And uh, if you want more information about it, you can simply... Uh, call uh, us here at St. Joseph Radio, 314-447-6000, or contact Immaculate Conception. Uh, also, uh, this February 12th, uh, there's an event, uh, the Eucharist, Hidden Manna. It is a presentation by Dr. Kenneth Howell 
and that is going to be at Immaculate Heart of Parish uh, in New Melly. Again, you can call us here at the studio or contact the parish. And then lastly, uh, we have there's a Catholic Man of the Year nomination process that is currently underway. Uh, if you've got somebody at your parish that uh, you think uh, needs to be or should be recognized, or be a nice thing just to recognize them, uh, you can contact us here at St. Joseph Radio. Again, that number, 314-447-6000. We can tell you about the nomination process. Or you can go online, Man of Year, STL, Man of Year, STL, at stjosephradio.net. All right. Um, so now, guys, uh, we've talked a bit about, you know, what uh, what things were like you got to the seminary. We talked uh, a little bit about uh, what things are like at the seminary. But one of the things you guys uh, are encouraged to do uh, through the seminary process is to get out of the seminary. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And uh, you're both volunteers at a parish um, that I know pretty well. It's actually my parish. <laughs> Um, so what's that like, you know, going out there and, and serving a bit, like, in a parish setting? Again, expected, was not expected, you know, what's different, what's good, what's bad, what's bad. And if, if there's anything bad that has to do with me, you won't, you know, and you're not going to tell them about that. Not anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so in the college we didn't we didn't get a parish assignment and so it's always something to look forward to like mm. when i get my parish assignment i can be with people you know and now that that's happened i i love it i absolutely love it um i my particular focus point for this year is supposed to be the youth ministry and it is such a joy a delight um i just i just delight being there with them and they're such wonderful children, kid. I shouldn't call them children; they're teens. <laughs> and like, but they're just so there's such beauty there, and their their care, their personalities. Just, I just see so much unique uniqueness and God mm-hmm. in it, and just being able to walk through them as they figure out who God is in their life, and what the church means to them, is really beautiful, and uh, and just. Yeah, I just don't really know the best way to describe it, but I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. So uh, some of these, I suppose, you know, different kids, different situations, but some of them, I imagine, are pretty devout. Some of them, I'm sure, have questions. I mean, Yeah, I think you got the whole spectrum. And I think more than anything, they just don't know yet. They don't know God and they don't know the faith fully. And a lot of them have really good intentions and so, yeah, you have the whole spectrum, but it's kind of being more my job, I guess, if you call it a job. It's just kind of leading them, like showing them who God is and what he can do for their life, you know. So a rewarding feeling? Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful, but sometimes it's it's really hard sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> you're just thinking, man, it's just never going to get better here. And <laughs> Like you just think you don't do anything, but that's, you know. But I don't, you don't know. I don't I think mean, I will know. Yeah, and yeah. there's real consolation that I'm not really called to make them into any, anything or saying, I'm just called to be there with exactly. them. Yeah. And that's where God wants me this year. And I'm more than happy to be there. Yeah. I mean, we used to do like these pre-Cana classes, you know, for people oh, to, yeah. to get married and such. And, you know, you get to the end of the program, you have no idea, you know, what you've done. You think you maybe haven't done anything. 
And then a couple of years later, somebody will walk up to you in a supermarket, and he's like, wow, you know, I mean, I had no idea that, mm-hmm. you know, we did that. And I'm sure that happens a lot that mm-hmm. you don't know about, Curtis. Um, okay, Parish Life, Logan, what do you think? So it's been awesome. Um, yeah. Father Good answer. Hazing. Good answer. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Father Hazing, uh, he, he's our president rector, uh, and he was talking to me about um, just the, the seminary community and everything, and, and he asked me, um, like, how it was, and I was just like, oh, it's, I love being here. And he said, hmm, I kind of <laughs> don't like that. <laughs> I was like, oh, seriously, I didn't, I didn't understand what he meant. And, but he explained, he's like, yeah, we don't want you to become an institutional man. Um, they want us... To, yeah, they want us to love the seminary, obviously, but they want us to love the parish more. Um, and that's what all of our assignments are geared to do, is to expose us to different aspects of parish life so that we can fall in love with the life that we're going to be entering into. Because we're not going to be in the seminary for our priesthood. We'll praise be God. in the parish. <laughs> yeah, praise <laughs> God. Um, and that's been my experience. Like every Every step along the way, every... Every assignment I've had, all of the experiences in the parish, I've just fallen more and more in love with the people of God. Um, and yeah, that's exactly what Jesus wants us to do. Like, if we're going to be his priests, like, he wants us to love the people that he loves. And of course, he loves seminarians, obviously, but like, he, want, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but he, he wants us to love uh, the parishioners more. And yeah, it's been such an incredible um, privilege, honestly, to be to be able to enter into people's lives. It's kind of it's kind of a unique experience as a as a seminarian, because we're we're only in the parish, like uh, September through early December, and then late January through like end of April, maybe early May. So like we get like I don't know eight months or so uh, with this parish, and, and we don't we're really only there like on the weekends and maybe a little bit uh, some other time. But it's incredible how deep we can go with them. Even in a short span of time. Right. Even in a short time. Right. Uh, well, that uh, music is our cue. We're wrapping up. It's time again to wrap up the program. By the time, it does go by pretty fast. Yeah, it does. Uh, this has been St. Joseph Radio Presents. We've been lucky enough to have a couple of guests with us today named Logan Hepp and Curtis Prize. Um, and they're both seminarians here in St. Louis. And they've told us some wonderful stories about what it's like to... You know, I mean, feel the feel the need to devote your life to Christ, and um, you know, then then the the joys that can come from doing that. So we hope you've enjoyed it. We hope you uh, enjoy, uh, join us again next time. In the meantime, God bless. You've been listening to St. Joseph Radio Presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. Or call us, 636-447-6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents.